Stay with us following this week's Crosswalk for information on Pastor Clay's new book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. This week is wake up. Uh, We have to begin to recognize what is going on around us in, in our culture, in our homes, in our very lives. You have to be aware of the presence of the enemy. The family. It is under attack in these modern times like never before. Biblically, we know that as we get closer to the end times, our spiritual enemy's attacks will increase. How close we are to the last days is a matter of speculation, but what is certain is that the devil is active and working in this world today, and our families are on the front lines. This enemy that we face is a spiritual being that most of us would refer to as Lucifer or Satan or the devil. And he is real and he is, whether you realize it or not, he is intent on waging war against you, against your family. And you have to be aware. Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. Today, as we continue our series entitled Modern Family, Pastor Clay is going to show us from God's Word the importance of preparing for battle. As you'll hear today, Satan is a defeated foe, but that doesn't mean that he's not dangerous at this time. The devil is still loose. He is still active and he still has power. And he is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. Recognizing that we have a spiritual enemy seeking to destroy our families is critical if we're going to be prepared for his attacks. We're glad you've joined us today for this important message for all of us. Now here's Pastor Clay. Hey, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are talking about modern family question mark? Because, uh, as I uh, said last week, uh, this, the idea of family isn't really modern. The idea of family isn't really new. That God instituted the family back at the very beginning at creation. And, uh, and our, uh, our need in this modern time is to go back to God's idea of what family is, how he defines family, what a family is supposed to do, what a family's responsibilities are, what the individuals within that family, what their responsibilities are. We talked about that some last week, and this week we're talking about warfare. We're talking about the battle that goes on. Uh, Let me say this, next week is dress up, okay? Next week is dress up, where we walk through the text In Ephesians 6 there, and Paul specifically begins to talk about all these different pieces of armor. And if you're familiar with that, and we'll talk about it some next week, but Paul was in prison at the time. He's probably looking at a Roman guard as he's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's making this analogy with these pieces of armor and what they mean, how how a a believer spiritually puts on those pieces of armor. We'll look at that next week. Next week is, is dress up. This week, ladies and gentlemen, are you looking at me? This week is wake up. This week is wake up. Uh, we have to begin to recognize what is going on around us in, in our culture, in, in our homes, in our very lives. Ephesians chapter 6, the text, of course, is on the screen as well. But uh, just four verses this morning. Uh, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 13. I'm so glad you're here today. You have honored God by your presence. And I pray that when you leave here today, you'll, you'll, you'll leave here with the knowledge, man, I've been able to worship God. I've been able to serve God. I've been able to hear God's word. And God's honored, and I really believe God is honored in that. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Y'all ready? 
finally. So he, he's been talking a lot about the family. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And he's, he's, he's beginning to draw this thing, uh, this letter to a close. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And then in verse 14, he goes on and begins to describe those pieces of the armor. Warfare, we're talking about battle. Clearly, Paul is, is talking about that. There's, there's military terminology that he uses uh, in this passage here. And so we're going to start with this idea this morning. Your home defense system, and we're, we're talking about the home, we're talking about the family. Your home defense system must be, first of all, aware of the presence of the enemy. You have to begin with an awareness. Are y'all aware? Did y'all that? You have to be aware of the presence of the enemy. Uh, in that first part of verse 12, uh, Paul says, he says, hey, listen, guys, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. If you're here and you have to be sitting beside somebody, uh, a friend, a, a spouse, or whatever. Just, just turn to them and say, your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Just turn to them and say that. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Because we sometimes need to be reminded of that. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, what is, what is Paul telling us? Two things uh, initially. Number one, he's telling us there is a struggle, Right? Hey, there is a struggle, there is a battle, there is a war that is going on that is raging and you'd better be aware of what is going on. Second, it tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other, in other words, it's not against an actual uh, a, a, a human being, it's not against a flesh and blood person. Our, our enemy, our adversary is in fact a spiritual enemy and that makes him even more dangerous, quite honestly. Now, saying that we have a spiritual enemy does not mean that, um, that, that it doesn't, that his attacks do not impress into the, into the natural world. They do. His attacks can be uh, in the natural realm. Okay, he can use even natural human beings. He can use a lot of different things. But, but this enemy that we face is is a spiritual being that most of us would refer to as Lucifer or Satan or the devil. And he is real and he is, whether you realize it or not, he is intent on waging war against you, against your family. And you have to be aware of his presence. I, when I was six or seven years old, <clears throat> um, and when I grew up, this, this tells you my age, but when, when I grew up, I don't think that my family even locked our doors at night. I don't, I don't even think the doors were even locked at our house. Um, I, li- I grew up in South Florida, and we didn't have air conditioning, and so all of our windows were open every night. Now, I was thinking about that today. I, uh, I don't think any of you that are raising small children would even dream or think about, probably, 
uh, leaving your child's window open at night. It's just a different day and age, I guess. Maybe unless they were on the second floor or something. But, uh, but it's just a different day and age. But, but our windows were always open. I don't, I don't even think our doors were locked. So when I was six or seven years old, uh, one night there was this, uh, I, was, I, I was awakened. Would that be correct? I was awakened. Is that right? I was awakened by this, just this, oh, look out for my coffee. This pounding, pounding, a lot louder than that. On, on, my, on, on our door, you know, and this woman uh, screaming, let me in, let me in, please help me, help me. Oh, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me, help me, please help me. Oh, he's going to kill me, oh, help me, help me. That's what, you know. And so I remember when my dad opened the door, uh, this, this woman just covered in blood just falls into our uh, the front door, just basically kind of falls into my dad's arms and kind of passing out as, as she's, uh, as she's falling in and she's screaming, help me, help me, oh, he's going to kill me, he's, gonna, he's after me, he's going to kill me. And, you know, when you're six or seven years old, that's kind of freaky stuff. You know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's a, and, uh, uh, and so it was, uh, but I remember, here, uh, here's one of the things I remember. It's funny how certain things, you just, they're just etched in your memory. I remember my dad, you know, laying her down on the ground or whatever after he caught her, laying her down on the ground. And she would wake up periodically and pass back out. And she'd wake up and as soon as she was awake, she'd say, he's, he's after me, he's going to kill me, he's going to murder me. And she's covered in blood. And, but I remember my dad laying her down and just turn around and walking back. He went back to his office. And, uh, and then in a minute he came out with his uh, lever action Marlin 3030, uh, holding his hands. I just remember that. I felt better. <laughs> so, I felt better. Now, it, it turns out that the lady... Um, she had been in a car with either her boyfriend or husband. I can't remember uh, which it was. But uh, I think they'd been to the bar. They'd had a few too many. They'd gotten into a fight. Um, and, and she threatened to leave him. And so he pulled out a knife and tried to kill her. I mean, you know, just <laughs> he pulled a knife and tried to kill her. So she's all cut up because she's blocking these blows. I mean, he's like serious, trying to kill her, apparently. And, you know, her arms are all cut off. And I don't, cut up. And I don't know if she'd been stabbed a couple times or whatever. But she's just bleeding everywhere. And it turns out the guy, the guy never shows up at our door, all right? He, he never, wherever he was, where he took off, whatever, but he never showed up at our door. But can I tell you this? We were keenly aware that he was there. You understand what I'm saying? We were keenly aware of his presence, that he was out there somewhere, and there's a possibility that, that he could come through the door at any moment. That's what I'm saying to you. We have to be keenly aware of the presence of the enemy, that he is there. That he is looking. Now listen to me. Uh, listen to me, all of you. But particularly uh, fathers and dads and husbands. Because I believe God will particularly hold us accountable for how we have protected our family against our enemy, the devil. I, I really believe that. I, I know this is not a court of law. It's not a military court. Uh, but, I can, but I just say this to you. You should be charged with dereliction of duty if you ignore the presence of the enemy. And to use another military term, quite honestly, I'm afraid at, at times, we don't, and I just don't think we even realize it, but the enemy is already inside the wire. In other words, he, he's, he's already there. He's already close. He's already, and here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid, even more than that, I'm afraid that at times we're actually opening the gate for him and letting him in through, through some of the choices and television shows that we watch or video games that we may be engaged in or uh, internet 
access and searches or, or social media excesses or accesses or all that kind of stuff. And listen, I know I probably sound like crazy preacher guy, but the enemy is real. He is present. And, and listen, I, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that, that, that we all ought to throw our TVs and, and gaming consoles and computers out. I, I, I don't. I don't think that that's what we should do. But what I do think is that we have to be aware of his presence and the influences that he has in our culture and can have in our, in our own lives and in the lives of, of our very families. So, so I'm just going to say it. For those of you that are, that are parents, let me just say, no, no matter what they do, pitch a fit, throw a temper tantrum, tell you you're the worst parent in the history of the world. Listen to me. You have to check their phones. You have to check their phones. You have to have access and read their texts. You have to have access to their Facebook pages and their Instagrams and their whatever so other social media uh, pieces they're using. You have to know what influences are coming into their life and how it's affecting their lives. You have to look at the persons, the people that come into your children's lives or, or your life or your spouse's life and, and, and become a part of your life. And you have to, you have to discern through the, through the lens of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking more about that, you have to discern what is going on because the enemy is there, folks. And, and like I'll say it again, next week is, is dress up, but this week is wake up. We have to be aware of his presence. Here's the second uh, idea uh, this morning. Your home defense system must be acknowledging of the power of the enemy. Not only the presence of the enemy, but the power of the enemy. Uh, again, uh, verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, watch this, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do you see that? Listen, you don't have to be able to speak Greek. You don't have to have a seminary degree to recognize that the apostle Paul is writing here and he's saying, this is serious. This is, this is big. And you and I have to acknowledge that the enemy has power. Now, before some of you start thinking, well, wait a minute, aren't you giving the devil too much credit? Didn't, didn't Jesus uh, conquer death, hell, and the grave uh, at the cross and the empty tomb? Aren't we on the winning team? Don't we know how this is going uh, to turn out? Check, check, and check. Yes, it, it is positionally and provisionally and permanently finished. The victory has been secured. We do know how this is all going to turn out. With God on his throne, his people in his presence, and his enemies in hell for all of eternity. Amen. But, and I know this is not good English, but we ain't home yet. We're not there yet. And listen, like it or not, understand it or not, I don't, I don't understand it all. But in the, in the sovereign plan of God, the devil is still loose. He is still active and he still has power. And he is seeking, as, as Jesus said in, in uh, John 10, 10, first part of John 10, that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. There you go. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's his objective. And your family are in the crosshairs. And you, whether you're a single person or whether you're 19 kids and counting, the enemy is taking aim at you. And you have to acknowledge his power. Um, listen, let me show you this verse in, in uh, Ezekiel. Uh, yeah, Ezekiel 28 uh, says, uh, Ezekiel writing for God, uh, 
referring to Lucifer, he says, you had the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You see, we're not, we're not talking boogeyman stuff here. We're not talking about a guy with a pitchfork and red pajamas on. We're talking about the most, if I understand scripture right, the most powerful, most intelligent, the most beautiful creature that God ever created. And he wasn't just an angel that got mad because he didn't get his way and, and pitched a temper tantrum. Oh no, Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14 tells us that it was his, that it was his, his, his plan from the very beginning. That it, was, that it was his plan to overthrow or to put his throne above God's. So you have to, you have to recognize that this, that this entity has power. Now, let me say this. Saying that he has power does not mean that we have to be afraid. Does not mean we have to be fearful. Y'all listening to me? Y'all here? Doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be uh, fearful. The the 1 John 4, 4 passage, uh, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, finish that for me. Say it. Is greater than the one who is in the world. Listen, he, our God is greater Our victory is assured. We don't have to be afraid. But listen to me. It does you or I, me, no good to to downplay the significance of of his strength at this time or the power that he has. We have to acknowledge, we're aware of his presence. We have to acknowledge that he does have uh, power. He is working, which brings us to the third point. Your home defense system must be alert to the plans of the enemy. Coming back to that idea in verse 11, last part of verse 11. Stand firm against the, say that word please, schemes. Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Methodius in the Greek, which the New Testament was originally written in. The methods, the schemes, the plans of the devil. As I said a moment ago, the prophet Isaiah says that he planned to place his throne above the throne of God. And you and I have to be alert to the plans, to the schemes of the enemy because he is scheming. When I was in seminary, uh, some of y'all heard the story before, I think. But when I was in seminary, uh, I was asked to preach a revival somewhere at... uh, I, it was somewhere down South Carolina line. I don't remember whether it was in South Carolina or it was in North Carolina, but it was, it was a few hours from here. And uh, I invited down for the weekend to do this little revival service. And uh, I don't remember exactly where it was, but what I do remember is that the church put me up in this not-so-nice uh, no-tell motel out by the interstate. And uh, the first night I'm there, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, there comes, again with the pounding at the door, there comes more pounding at my door, just Boom, 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 boom. Two o'clock in the morning, right? Staying in the no-tell motel. Pounding door, two o'clock in the morning. And in the voice of, I don't know, three, four, five, six, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Rather inebriated women pounding at my door, insisting that I let them in, begging me to let them in. Let us in. We know you're in there. Open the door. We want in. Just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> now listen. Now listen. A more spiritual guy. A more spiritual guy probably would have opened the door, invited those ladies in, sat them down, and shared the gospel with them. I was not that guy. I was not about to open that door. Why? Because 
I'm alone in a hotel, a long ways from home, and I understand that the devil is always there, that he's always scheming, that he's always planning, and he's always looking for any opportunity that he can to bring harm or pain or destruction to a person who is a part of the family of God. His schemes are real. Uh, Thursday afternoon, I was working on this sermon in my office, and uh, this hawk that lives in our neighborhood comes flying, and, and my, my uh, desk is kind of situated in the corner now between two windows, and this hawk comes flying right over my window where I'm working and lands in a tree in my neighbor's backyard. And I see him all the time. He zips through there and stuff, and he lands in this tree, and he's just sitting there, right, looking around. And uh, for, for, for long, in a few minutes, here comes Squirrel. Here comes Mr. Squirrel hopping down my fence line completely oblivious to death from above, right? Completely unaware that, he is, that his every move is being watched. Now listen, I, it, nothing happened. I don't know if the guy had just eaten Mr. Squirrel's cousin and wasn't hungry or, or what, but, but, but buddy, he watched. He just watched. And, and at any moment, it, it could have come. And the squirrel had no idea. That's why I, I'm just telling you, I think most people don't have a clue on a daily basis. I think most followers of Jesus don't have a clue as to what's going on and, and, and understanding that, that he is scheming, he is planning, he is working, if he can, to bring destruction to your life, to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, a lot of you have seen this passage of Scripture, First Peter uh, 5, 8. Peter says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Just looking for the opportunity. Alert to his scheming. Again, uh, listen to me. I do not believe that everything that happens in your life is the fault of the devil. I know there's some people that believe that. You know, people, somebody's like, man, Pray for me, I, I got a hangnail. The, the, the spirit of hangnailness has jumped on me and the devil's attacking. And I mean, I've t- I, I, sometimes people are that way. And I, not everything that happens in your life is the result necessarily of the devil. The devil uh, is, is, uh, is not omniscient. He, he does not know everything. The devil is not om- omnipotent. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't have all power. The devil certainly is not omnipresent. He cannot be every place at one time, although certainly the the number of demonic forces working with him is a large number. But not everything that happens in your life is is caused by the the devil or as a result of the devil working. But to to be ignorant of the fact that he is there and that he is scheming and that he is planning, that that's that's just foolish. You do that to your own detriment and to your family's detriment. If you ignore the fact that he is there and that he is he's scheming, he's planning. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, let's, uh, let's look at one more. Your home defense system must be actively preparing for the enemy. And this we'll, we'll get into this next week when we actually talk about the pieces of the armor. But you have to be actively preparing. You're aware of his presence. You have to acknowledge his power. You're alert to his schemes. But you have to be actively preparing. Look at verse 10 and 11. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now watch this now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. 
Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Did you, did you notice as, you, as we ran through that, did you notice all the verbs, all, all these action verbs that Paul uses in, in this, just this little bit of passage of scripture that, that we just read? Let's run down through just a couple of them if, or some of them if we can. He starts with be strong. He says, be strong. Listen to me. A little technical, but, but you, can, you can get this. Uh, it's, a, it's a present tense verb, meaning that it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not punctiliar in time. It's not one thing that I, okay, I got strong. No, it's present tense. So it's the idea of staying strong all the time. Not just, well, yeah, I, I got saved when I was 11. It's spiritually staying strong in the present tense all the time. It's also in, in the, what's called the passive uh, tone or, or mood, it's, it, which means that it's not actually your strength that makes you strong. It's not you making yourself strong. Do you understand? The strength is coming from somewhere else. That's important. And it's an imperative, which means that it is a command. So Paul's saying, you must be strong. You got to be ready for this. Okay, uh, put on. It's, a, it's another imperative. It's another command. Get ready to put this stuff on. We'll talk about it next week. So, but get ready to put this on. Uh, next one. Stand firm. Stand firm. Now listen to this. Uh, uh, according to Reinecker and Rogers... They said that, that it means to stand and hold out in a critical position on the battlefield. The critical position on the battlefield, ladies and gentlemen, is your family, is your home. And you have to be ready for it. You have to stand firm. Take up. That idea of this armor again. Take up. Again, according to Reinecker and Rogers, it was a military term. Uh, the, the, the word is actually used for the verb. It was a military term describing the last preparation and the final step necessary before the actual battle begins. See, we're getting ready. We're getting ready for this battle that's going on. And so we have to take up this, this equipment that God has given to us. And then just real quick, resist, uh, another action verb, and then finally finishes with stand firm again. He comes back to that idea again. It over and over and over and over again, Paul says, you got to prepare. In other words, what he's saying is, listen to me, we can't, we can't twiddle our thumbs till Jesus comes. We have to make preparation for the battle, for the war, for our families, for our very spiritual growth and depth and walk with Christ, we have to prepare for what is in front of us and what is coming against us and what might happen next week and all that kind of stuff, this idea of preparing for the battle. There's this, uh, y'all know that I'm a kind of a movie guy. I like a movie buff, uh, to some degree. I like, there's a lot of movies I do like. And, and uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, military movies, is uh, Patton. Uh, starring George C. Scott, and he, and, he, and he plays General George S. Patton, who was uh, an, a general during World War II. Uh, yesterday, by the way, was the 71st anniversary of D-Day. I don't know if you took time to recognize that or not, but uh, 71 years ago yesterday, uh, tens of thousands of, of young men uh, stormed a beach that they had never been to before for people that that weren't their own people, but because they believed in, that, that freedom is worth fighting for, many of them gave their lives uh, to, uh, to drive back uh, the, the Axis enemy. Anyway, Patton, 
uh, was a general in World War II. Patton was, a, was in charge of tanks and troops and all that kind of stuff. And there's a scene where uh, Patton uh, is in North Africa and, he's, and he's, he's, they've intercepted a message. They found out that, uh, that General Erwin Rommel, the star of the Germans' army, their general, who was a brilliant tank commander, that Rommel was going to attack Patton's troops at a certain location there in North Africa. And Patton is kind of excited about this because this is, this is, he's dreamt about this his whole life. This is his chance to, to go up against, you know, the guy that was the guy, right? You know? And, and the battle takes place. And in the course of the battle uh, in the movie, it becomes clear that Patton is winning, that Patton's tanks are winning, and that Patton's troops are winning. And Patton's looking through these glasses, right? If you've seen the movie, he's, what, he's looking through the glasses and he's seeing his troops begin. He's seeing the Germans begin to retreat and, and fall back. And as they're doing it, uh, Patton yells out, uh, and he, he yells out, Rommel! You magnificent bleep! I read your book! He read his book. Rommel had written a book about tank, the, the tank in battle, I think was the name of it. Not so smart, maybe. But what, is it, what does it say? So in other words, Patton's not, well, let's go into battle, see how this goes. Let's see how this turns out. Let's, no. No, he has prepared his whole life, really, for this battle. And he has, he has actually studied the enemy, and he's read the enemy's very book on, on his strategies and how he would do uh, tank battle. And as a result, he was prepared when the attacks came. Do you understand? He was prepared. You and I have to prepare. So I'll say it again, and we'll close. Uh, next week is dress up. This week is wake up. Uh, you and I have to be aware of his presence, acknowledge that he does have power and strength. I don't have to be afraid of him because God's power is greater, but I have to understand that he is there. I'm alert to his schemes, whether you're at work and somebody all of a sudden wants to be your friend in there. I'm just saying you have to look at everything through the lens of the Holy Spirit and ask God for discernment and say, God, is this good for me, bad for me? Is this good for my family, bad for my family? God, is this an attack by the enemy? God, is this something that you can use for your glory? We have to be looking at everything in that way. We, we have to be preparing for the battle that is our lives. And our family is the front lines. Actively prepare for the enemy. That's sound advice and a charge that all of us need to take seriously. Satan's attacks on the people of God are something we have to expect if we're followers of Jesus. As Pastor Clay reminded us today, the enemy was defeated eternally at the cross and empty tomb. But the enemy is still working today, looking to bring harm to God's children. Next week, we'll look specifically at the armor we're to put on for battle. But we start by being aware of the enemy, acknowledging his power, alert to his plans, and actively preparing. Staying close to God and working in His power assures of the victory. We're glad you joined us for this week's Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting? 
getting? If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback form from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable to every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. Cross-Culture Church. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where you'll find what you're searching for. Cross-Culture Church. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. Cross-Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.